Who were your favorite childhood superheroes? How have they shaped your relationship with modern superhero blockbusters? This is what we'll be discussing on this week's episode of We Understood That Reference. I'm Claiborne. And I'm Nikhil. So let's get right to it then. Who was your favorite superhero as a kid? Ooh, it always changed, but I, I would say Spider-Man was the big one. Yeah, so you went through like phases? Yeah, like when I was really young, it was like the Ninja Turtle phase. Then uh, there was the Darkwing Duck phase. Then back to Ninja Turtles. Then Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that show? Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, and I then, know. I know. Uh, were, were Gargoyles um, superheroes? I would consider them superheroes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess same with like Ninja Turtles um, was a big, probably probably my favorite i guess if you could call them superheroes and you probably can i mean they're all just basically uh for deformed batman i guess sure. right they're basically the same thing working as a team um and they fought crime so i think they count they were probably i would say my favorite then because um i certainly had a lot of ninja turtle toys and i watched a lot of ninja turtle uh tv right. so um if i had to pick a favorite as like a child I think that that probably would have been been my favorite. Yeah, they really marketed the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, there was the yeah, and those cartoons. Those cartoons were so good. Uh huh. And I wanted everything. I wanted the 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 cereal, the uh, everything that like they plastered the Ninja Turtles on. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted it. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely worked. I was a big fan fan of um, Krang as well. And, oh, the um, brain—the brain that lived inside the the robot, big robot yeah. body. Uh-huh. Uh, just because his whole story arc was was really incredible. He had the Technodrome, uh, yes. so that something something about it that like that cartoon was just so perfectly made to sell action figures. Oh, yeah. uh, and so you know, as a kid watching that, it was just uh, just just the, just the greatest thing ever. And I still today have a little Krang brain. I, I'm sure the body is somewhere, uh, probably. Mm-hmm over in new mexico uh but i i have the little brain uh you know the little crane piece that goes inside the body yeah and i still have that today and i have it actually just setting out um on on a on a shelf outside uh, in oh, my awesome. living room. i remember um the the kid next door mike between the two of us we had every action figure and we would like coordinate like which one to buy so that between the two of us we would have all of them <laughs> yeah, you have a full series. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't I had I remember they came out with a lot of different um themes of Ninja Turtles. Uh and I didn't ever have like a full set of any of them. I had instead different turtles from different themes. So I had like a detective Michelangelo, I think. He was like, you know, wearing a trench coat and had a hat, yes. a fedora. And I think that was either Michelangelo or Donatello. I don't remember which one I had. Uh, but I had one of those. And then I remember that and one. And then I had one that was like a regular, just kind of a regular Ninja Turtle. I think that was Leonardo. I had just a very generic, regular Ninja Turtle one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I also had a Bebop and Rocksteady. And those are pretty cool uh, action oh, figures yeah. to have as a kid. Oh, for sure. I still have a co- collection at my uh, my parents' house. They're in a box somewhere. And then so Spider-Man became your favorite at some point? Yeah, around like uh, sixth grade. The nineteen ninety four um animated series. That's what did it. Yeah, did you watch all of those um you know, more traditional superhero T V shows like um the Batmans and Superman shows and yeah. everything else that they might have had? I did, yeah. And out of those, like out of all of them, Spider Man was definitely my favorite. I think it's because there was um it kind of focused on on his he he had a life outside of, you know, fighting crime. And also they had, you know, more than just uh, they had like episodic storytelling so it was like a you know you had to pay attention it was one yeah you know season-long story versus like 
you know, one and done with some of the other cartoons. Yeah, I think Power Rangers was when I first really got involved in um, that kind of, um, you know, serialized storytelling, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that and Zorro, which is way before my time, but it basically there's a, a Zorro TV show from like the 50s and it's in black and white. And uh, he, he, the Disney Channel had them playing when I was a kid, uh, you know, these reruns from the 50s. And what I had noticed, like I had watched one and then like I watched the next one and there was references to the previous episode or like the storyline was continuing. And that just like just just blew me away as a kid because before <laughs> that, I think all cartoons that I had watched, you know, they are very, um, you know, they're episodic where you, you don't you don't have to care about the whole story. You can tune into mm-hmm. any episode of the Rugrats, you know, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but then for Zorro, it was like uh, I remember one season they had this um, Zorro was finding like a, a feather an eagle feather at the scene of the crimes and it was like a calling card of some kind of uh, secret organization and he didn't know who these people were and so like that whole season arc was him trying to figure out this uh, secret organization and that was just like as a kid just it just was crazy to think like wow this is all one huge story mm-hmm. right and of course you know now that's how you know everything is these days but uh but at that time you know because i guess you know early on in the 50s uh and before those were pretty popular i guess with like flash gordon and those kind of things uh but those were way way before our time mm-hmm. and then what we kind of grew up with i think was a lot more of the um you know episodic approach of standalone episodes doesn't matter when you come in and watch it uh and so when you when you see something that's a a little more of a a story through line to follow uh it it feels different yeah absolutely and then you kind of want to dig in and like learn about the backstory and and really you know learn the whole story it really gets you engrossed in the whole uh, fandom of it yeah and you can't afford to miss a single episode yeah exactly and it's a little bit more adult too you know they kind of trust you with the responsibility of um understanding a story and and having some knowledge before walking in the door yeah um and I think the kids appreciate that. And in terms of Spider-Man, did you did you find the um, kind of non-superhero side of it relatable? Um, you know, or were you too, still too young? Because I imagine he was like, you know, in high school going through typical high school kind of problems. Well, so that was, I got into that around the sixth grade. So at that point I was kind of like a little bit older and um and in the 94 series, he was actually in college throughout the whole thing. Marvel didn't have the obsession with Spider-Man in, in high school until until later on. <laughs> until uh, after the first two movies came out, they figured out that, it, it, you know, Spider-Man was a highly profitable character. And So you as like a 12-year-old, were you um, having a hard time relating to like Peter Parker looking for a roommate? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Those kind of storylines? No, I I loved it. I I liked. Uh, I actually liked the fact that he was, uh, you know, older than me. Um, yeah, it was like someone to look up to. Yeah, it's sort of like what you have to look forward in life as well. Like it was kind of training you for. Oh, when I'm an adult and I'm off to college. Exactly. Uh, this is this is going to be my life. Exactly. I guess that's why you came to New York City. It may might be. You know, I'm not even gonna lie. Like uh, that's definitely had a, a big part of it. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I mentioned uh, Power Rangers before, too. And that was another one where I remember there being um, some stories to follow along. And, of course, you know, they were like all in high school. And so 
you know, you had these, um, <clears throat> of course, later on you learn uh, about the making of Power Rangers and everything, and basically you had these Japanese uh, fighting shows that got kind of recut into these this American TV show. And so they shot all these scenes with these actors in school and just kind of their, their day-to-day stuff and everything. And so that was sort of like, it was almost like, um, you know, half of it was like Saved by the Bell, and then the other half of it was, you know, what you would think of as Power Rangers people in suits fighting uh, monsters and things. Yeah. I never got into Power Rangers, actually. A lot of kids were into it when I was in school, but uh, it wasn't my, wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, I think I just remember being really into it for the, the story of the TV show. I just, it was because it was very, um, uh, you know, it was there's a lot of drama to it, I guess. And it was just um, that kind of serialized approach of, uh, you know, wanting to see where the story goes ultimately and what happens to these characters, almost like a soap opera for kids, really. <laughs> right. uh, but then every now and then, of you know, to keep, keep uh, the kids' attention, they'd always fight a monster. I was probably less interested in the, you know, fighting the nameless putties. And that's what they were called, putties, uh, yeah. that were the like little gray people that, uh, you know, all kind of looked the same, basically. Uh, okay. And then, of course, then they had like special monsters and things, too, that they would fight all the time and, and villains. Um, but, but yeah, I think the, the stories of it with the characters were, were more interesting to me. I feel like you just described all the DC shows on the CW. It's kind of like a soap opera, and every once in a while they throw in a monster for someone to fight. Yeah, yeah. That's how they certainly look at it to me. I haven't watched any of those, though. Uh-huh. How much of a, factor, of a factor were toys and action figures? And you said you had you and your friend. Oh, yeah. Had sets of different action figures, and you'd play together. Uh-huh. Did the action figures have a big uh, impact on like uh, how you actually felt about certain franchises? I think so. I I mean, I think the action figures was more when I was uh, younger, like in elementary school, and it was the Ninja Turtles. And, um, you know, every time they had a new episode where, you know, they did something new, there would be an action figure for that. And I wanted it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. like Ninja Turtles really did a good job of that with um, all the different themes that they would do. Oh, yeah. And I don't think I really ever got into action figures for any of the more standard stuff. I think I had a Batman okay. uh, action figure or two. I had a few stuff from Batman, I'm sure. I don't think I've ever had anything Superman mm-hmm. uh, related, uh, which, you know, we talked a little in the last episode that I'm not really a big Superman fan anyway. Okay. Uh, but Batman, certainly. I know I had a Riddler um, from specifically from the uh, Batman Forever days. Oh, uh, right. I had a Two-Face and a Riddler from that. And uh, those were, were pretty cool action figures. Uh-huh. And also just, just probably my my favorite superhero movie as a kid, I think, was was Batman Forever. It was really right. just such an iconic movie of the times. You know, it was cool. And we were in, like, the Target demo for that at the time. Yeah. Was that 95? I would have been, like, maybe 11. So, like, uh, you know, that's the, tar- that's the Target demographic for Batman Forever. Now, if we watch Batman Forever, we'd probably hate it. But, you know. Oh, I think I, I, think I would still love it. <laughs> but also, you know, I, I I like nostalgia quite a bit. Oh, I mean, like if it was a new movie that came out today. Oh yeah, we'd say, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's still just it's so many so many good move, moments in that movie. Um, yeah, f- you know, Seal's kiss from a rose as well. That song. That song uh, is still a classic. The way he, the way Batman sort of murders Two Face, <laughs> it's just oh, yeah. it's just ingenious. I think my favorite part of that whole movie, and we got to talk about, you know, Batman and best Batmans and all that at some point too. But my favorite part in the whole movie was whenever um, 
he has to make the choice between Robin or Nicole Kidman. And, uh, and the Riddler says, you know, you have to choose. And he basically says, I choose both of them. <laughs> he saves them both. <laughs> it's just like, he's just like, you know, says, screw your premise. Uh, so I thought that was just such a funny um, subversion of that, uh, that kind of uh, dilemma. Yeah. Well, he's Batman. How did he do it? He's Batman. Yeah, I think he even says that in there, right? Right? The Riddler's like dying or something. He's like, how or why or something like that. And uh-huh. he says, like, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, and when you're a kid, that's that's a good enough explanation, I would say. Yeah. And it was also just so cartoony, you know, I think the style. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching the original, you know, Batman and Batman Returns. I hardly have any memory of Batman Returns. Uh, you know, that one was just something mm-hmm. about it. I just It just didn't connect with me. Uh, at the time as a kid the original batman i think kind of did particularly because um joker i think you know mm-hmm. jack nicholson is just he was so great in that role and it's also just a great character you know it's like it's hard to do uh joker bad uh, i think uh, and, and you know it's it's a clown so it's colorful uh, as well so mm-hmm. uh just as a kid you kind of see that and and i think it 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 resonates somehow even though it was pretty dark uh, and the rest of the, sh- the the movie was very dark and so i don't think you know it connected quite as well as like Batman Forever which was mm-hmm. a lot more cartoonish a lot more vibrant with the neon uh, colors around Gotha- Gotham and everything um, I, I don't know if I really cared much for Robin necessarily but uh, everything else about it was just just such a great great movie for for uh, a kid that age yeah for sure I feel like um, the first two Batman movies were kind of aimed at a, an older audience or a more general audience and then the next two were kind of there to sell toys and you know targeted towards a a younger demographic i think you know at some point warner brothers are discovered how much money the thing was worth and then uh changed the demos i think i feel like the same thing happened with with spider-man i think the first two sam raimi movies really had that artistic control and you know sam uh Sam Raimi had, you know, creative control over what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then people discovered, oh, wait, this thing is worth a lot of money. And then uh, that became the driving force of, yeah. of every decision going so forward. So they, they make some good movies and then they're like, wait a minute, we could sell some action <laughs> figures. Yeah. We need to market this towards children. Yeah. Sometimes they're a victim of their own success. You know? Well, I think for Batman Forever, it certainly worked because I know I had a ton of Batman Forever stuff. Um in particular, one of my favorite uh, things was uh, a coin. I had a two-faced coin uh, with the, you know, the Statue of Liberty head on one side that's all scratched up. Uh, and for like, I don't know, probably a whole five years of my life as a kid, I always came around to the idea of I'm going to make decisions, important decisions in life by flipping this coin. <laughs> and of course, you know, as a five-year-old, uh, as a 10, 12-year-old kid or whatever it was, I didn't have any important decisions to make, uh-huh. so it, it never came to fruition. Uh, and then the other thing that I had was a, a glass mug uh, that was, I think, from McDonald's or Burger King. I don't remember which one, but uh, one of those had uh, special like collectible glass mugs from Batman Forever. And they had yeah. different mugs for each character, so there was like a Riddler mug and probably a Batman mug and Robin mug and everything. But the mug that I had was the Two-Face uh, mug, even though I think Riddler was my favorite was my favorite character. I even dressed up as the Riddler for, for Halloween oh, wow. uh, when I was a kid. There's another great marketing idea, those uh, Happy Meals and Burger King and McDonald's. I, I used to go there as a kid. I don't even know if I liked the food, but when people ask, when my parents asked me, where do you want to go for dinner? I would always say 
McDonald's Burger King because I knew yeah, for the what toy. was it. Yeah, I just went for the toy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same. When I was with, uh, I'd go visit my grandma a lot on Sundays. Uh, usually after church, she would uh, pick up grandkids and, and then we would get to choose. She'd always say, you know, what do you want to do? And I always, almost always wanted to go to McDonald's or Burger King. It just depended on which one had the best toy at the time. Exactly. See, those corporations are one step ahead of us. Yeah, I guess they're still doing that today. Yeah, I think so. But my my nephew, he's five. He doesn't, I don't think he's even been to McDonald's. So times have changed a little bit. What about any um, strange superheroes? Did you encounter any kind of uh, weird knockoff superheroes as a kid or, or anything like that? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Not, not that I can think of, actually. Yeah, no, no, like Quail Man's or something. <laughs> no, I don't even know who that is, actually. Oh, you don't know Quail Man? <laughs> no, Quail Man. He's not really a knockoff, I guess. It's more. Uh, he's he's not a real superhero. He's. I don't know if you're familiar with Doug, the TV show. Yeah, the yeah, cartoon yeah, okay. from Nickelodeon. Yeah, so there's sure. Doug, and it's basically his like in-show alter ego, um, which is all f- also fictional within the show. It's not like he's literally a superhero growing and fighting cr- crime. Uh, uh, I see. So it's kind of it's it's kind of like a tongue in cheek kind of thing because okay. uh, it's called Quail Man, and like I guess that's just kind of funny on its own. The fact that like, you know, like a quail. What what the heck? Why would you be a quail? And then yeah. his costume is essentially um, him wearing his underwear on the outside, <laughs> which is you know obviously the the, the common trope of yeah. like especially against uh, Superman. Yeah. Uh, the idea of being a superhero is wearing your under- underwear on the outside, and then he right. would also um, uh, wear his belt on his head. Uh, like around his head and then it just it had like a little um i wouldn't even know how to describe it but like part of it would kind of like swoop down so it was like uh kind of like a almost a crown in a way but just with like one strap hanging down um you'd have to just you know look up a picture of it but it was it was funny uh and and it was a great show uh anyway but yeah quell man was uh uh the main characters kind of uh you know what if i was a superhero kind of character Okay. So it was, a, nice. it was himself and his imagination as a as a superhero, and Darkwing Duck, I guess, would be another one that is is quite literally a, a knockoff of of Batman. Really, that's right. Yeah, um, you know, made for like the Ducktales um, universe. Right. And it's interesting. There's like there's a new uh, Ducktales uh, spinoff show that's been airing yeah. recently. I haven't seen it, but I, I heard that like. There's there is a Darkwing Duck in there, but he's like a cartoon. It, like they uh, they're oh, yeah. watching. So it they in the watch show. it in the show. So he's yeah. not a real person uh, or a duck. Yeah, and that that would be interesting to see a kind of a a Darkwing Duck movie. I think, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they you know geared it towards adult audiences today that like you know grew up with Darkwing Duck. Yeah, I think it could be pretty interesting. Another property that needs to get on the big screen is Gargoyles. Did you ever watch that when you were a kid? <laughs> You're obsessed. You're obsessed with Gargoyles. I'm still not convinced that Gargoyles are superheroes. Really? Did oh, they man. fight crime? Because that was like, they did. Yeah, they fought, they fought crime. They did? They fought yeah. crime? I, yeah. the, all I remember of Gargoyles is like, there are these like three Gargoyle things. And I, they, just, they just, uh, like, I don't know, make jokes uh, with each other or something. Uh, yeah, so there were like the three kind of like, kid gargoyles that i think you're thinking of that yeah i did make a lot of jokes but then there was also um uh, there was goliath who was like the leader the show was kind of about him and then there was like the older one uh hudson and then there was like the dog okay so this is this is this is different than from whatever gargoyles i'm thinking of oh you should watch it actually oh you know what i'm thinking of i'm thinking of um what's that disney uh hunchback of notre dame oh wow that's very different the gargoyles on that 
there was a TV show made starring them. Oh, really? I, okay. Basically, okay. or something. I think so. I think I think that's what I'm thinking of. Oh. So that's why I was confused when you said gargoyles. I was thinking of um, who's that guy? Jason Alexander from from Seinfeld. Uh, Seinfeld you know? No way. <laughs> I was thinking okay. of him as a gargoyle, and like they didn't ever fight crime. That would be cool. I would watch that. <laughs> I'd watch Jason Alexander in anything, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you should watch Gargoyles. I think it, I think it might actually hold up because there's a few things from our childhood that actually do hold up. Um, and there's a lot that doesn't. Like, um, But I think the, the original Ninja Turtles movie from 1990 holds up beautifully. I think that it's like the definitive yeah. Ninja Turtles. I think that like the cartoon, if you watched it today, you would be you'd be shocked as to how immature you were when you were a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I do think that the movie's pretty good. I liked I liked the movie. I had probably seen the the first movie um, in my adulthood at some point uh, on a rewatch, mm-hmm. and I, I yeah. think it still you know holds up. It does. Um, yeah. So it was really good. I I kind of like I I think I like the TV show for what it is. Like I, mm-hmm. I can watch it and I understand you know it's for kids and it's not going to quite hold my attention the same way now. Right, uh, but it's still a pretty impressive story and uh, visuals, and just just everything about how like the Technodrome comes into town and that they there's there's also kind of a nice like through line of them I think building their van, um, and how it kind of is like an origin story in a in a sense of them uh, mm-hmm. uh, getting the van and then they start equipping it with uh, all the cool the cool stuff oh, right. and then of course you know you could buy the van as an action uh, 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 an action figure thing so um, that's true that's that's nice it's just you know another way to sell toys basically but uh mm-hmm. but still a, a pretty good show for what it was yeah and i think gargoyles is another one that does hold up because it has that like long form yeah. storytelling it is kind of geared towards like older kids so uh i think you'd like it it's on disney plus you should check it out yeah i'll have to check this one out then because now that i know what you're talking about because i was just thinking of the gargoyles from hunchback of notre dame which is <laughs> entirely different and um, yeah. i don't think they qualify as superheroes yeah you know what's another like interesting psychological thing i wonder how you know kids love watching reruns like yeah now as an adult i would never sit down and, and watch a rerun of something unless it's like mm-hmm. You know, something that something beloved like a Seinfeld or Friends or something like that. Yeah, or if enough time has passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you forgot what it was and you want to revisit it. But like when you're a kid, like I would watch reruns all the time and love it. Yeah. And I think that there's something like psychological there. Like with kids, you you know they there's a certain comfort. It's comforting. You know, you know what it is. Exactly. Comfort. You know, you, there's that uncertainty is gone, and you can just kind of relax and. Um, that's something that uh, kids don't get a lot of the time because you know they're 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 young and they don't really understand a lot of stuff. So that's kind of I, I kind of found that interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it happened too much with TV shows, if it happened with TV shows for me so much because I guess with TV shows, you know, there's always there's always a new one every week or there's a new new thing going on. So like I wasn't specifically watching the reruns, but with certainly with movies, there were like my favorite movies, the Ninja Turtle movies. I watched I watched that one probably you know once a week uh for some times as a kid uh and things like uh like the little mermaid and some other aladdin and some of the Mm -hmm. disney movies when i was little okay i had them on vhs and i would just watch them over and over and over oh yeah even though like you know i I had already seen it even um i had some of the you know direct to video 
Disney movies like uh, the Aladdin, the third one, uh, Prince of Thieves, I think it was called. Oh, and okay, yeah. I would watch that all the time, and uh, it's still you know very much in my memory today, even though it's kind of an obscure movie because it was the third third one in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the you know the second one being already direct to video, Return of Jafar, and then right. so to go that deep into it to, that you're watching the now the third one <laughs> on VHS <laughs> over and over you know no few people you know even watched Return of Jafar and even fewer made it to number three uh, right. and then let alone watched it enough to remember it uh, today you should uh, you should get a, a medal of some sort number one <laughs> <Yeah>. fan <laughs> speaking of uh, I guess uh, fandoms and everything then so did you ever dress up as a superhero for any reason I guess Halloween would probably be the um, most uh, obvious reason but uh I don't know, Comic-Con or anything like that. I guess Comic-Con you probably didn't go to as a kid. Right. Um, so, yeah, when I was a little kid, I was a Ninja Turtle for for like all of elementary school. Which and which then, Ninja Turtle? Just all of them um, or one in particular? I think I, I kind of um, switched around. Michelangelo was my yeah. favorite, but I think that for Halloween I might, I, I might have switched around. So whenever you say like Michelangelo is your favorite, um, but what about one that I guess more encompasses you or that you would relate to like because if you're dressing up like you might like michelangelo but if you're Uh not like him then it might feel weird to dress up like him like do you if you were to dress up one or like you know you're emulating a ninja turtle that's that's sort of like your ninja turtle alter ego which one would you be closer to oh my alter ego is definitely michelangelo oh yeah so he's your favorite and he's, yes. he's he's your favorite because he's you. He's yes. just basically the Ninja Turtle version of you. Yeah, pretty much. He's the yeah. I didn't know you were a surfer. <laughs> he he's a party dude, and I learned from yeah. the best. <laughs> um, but I think some of the other ones had easier costumes. Like it's easier to get a sword or a bow staff than it is to get oh, nunchucks yeah. into school. So yeah, or uh, Raphael seems like that would be a difficult one to find. Oh yeah, the size. Um, yeah. They, they. Well, the '90s were a different time. They used to sell plastic, uh, plastic size and plastic uh, swords to kids. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like a lot less common than a than a sword or a stick. Like, yeah, you could just grab a mop and be Donatello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know, like between the movies, they had to like censor all their weapons. Oh yeah. So in the first Ninja Turtles movie, they actually used their weapons, and if you if uh, you rewatch the second and third one. Uh, and you it, you don't really notice it unless you're consciously looking for it. But they never touch their weapons. They'll fight with like socks and yo-yos and mm-hmm. uh, you know cold cuts, but they'll never um, use their their weapons. Oh yeah, huh. I guess you can't have um, kids knowing how weapons yeah. work. Yeah. Of course, you know. Then they get a hand of their hands on a yo-yo, and uh, all hell breaks loose. Oh yeah, you'll never see it coming. You just need to find a woman who is pathetic like you i guess now is a good time for a quick ad break or it would be if we had any advertisers we do have a patreon though you want to tell the listeners about that sure so it's patreon.com slash w-u-t-r pronounced water exactly but it's spelled w-u-t-r water anyway People who like our show, they can go to Patreon and support the show. If you donate $3 a month, you'll get a call-out in our end credits. And for $10 a month, you'll get the credits, call-out, and access to our monthly Q&A live streams. Very cool. And with that support, we can hopefully make the podcast a lot better. The audience has been growing, so we really need to upgrade to some professional equipment. And hire a professional editor. 
Yeah, definitely. I guess that's it for the ad for now. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash water. W-U-T-R. And support the show if you enjoy listening each week. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. Yeah, I'm actually a thing. I'm a being. So what about supervillains? Um, how did you feel about them as a kid? Were they too scary? Uh, were they cool? Were they the bad guys and therefore, you know, to be hated? Or or did you did you like any supervillains? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I think for some of the shows, you know, the villains were very cartoony. Yeah. So they weren't like, you know, threatening or menacing that much. Like the Shredder. It was kind of a joke. Um, when I came to Spider-Man, uh, Green Goblin was my favorite uh, villain. Um, but again, at, at that point, I was a, a little bit older, preteen, whatever. So, you know, I guess that changes it a little bit. Yeah, I think I think I probably always was maybe more interested in the villains in maybe just kind of across the board. <laughs> I know, like in Batman Forever, um, Two Face and the the Riddler were oh yeah more interesting to me and uh, just you know cooler, I guess. But certainly the Riddler, like, uh, and it probably helped that it was played by Jim Carrey. Uh, but also just kind of me being more uh, bookish and kind of nerdy mm-hmm. as a kid, um, you know, straight A student and all of that. I guess, you know, having this character who who his his superpower is basically, you know, his, his brain and uh, being smart, uh, you know, was, was appealing to me more so than like a Two-Face, which, you know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have connected with at all. Like to me, yeah, as, especially as a kid his like kind of chaotic approach to, to the world would just be off-putting to me. But he was still, you know, he, he looked amazing and he got the cool coin to flip, uh, you know, really cool suit cut in half and all of that. So it was um, a cool character anyway. But Riddler certainly was uh, a favorite of mine. Yeah, I felt like the uh, all those Batman movies from the 90s focused, at the time I thought, too much on, on the villains and not really much on, on mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah, they make Batman a bit generic. Yeah, in like Batman Returns, he doesn't even show up for like the first hour. <laughs> what about any inappropriate or adult kind of R-rated superheroes? Uh, did you ever catch anything like that as a kid? Were there really anything uh, like that as a kid? Like Deadpool, you know, obviously today is something <laughs> that if you were, you know, ten years old and you you're you like Thor and all of that, and then you're like, oh, Deadpool, that'll be fun, and you go and watch Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that might not be the best thing for a 10-year-old to check out. Um, what would have been the equivalent back in our day? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I think Blade came out in, like, 1998. So, I mean, we we were kind of young when that came out. Um, yeah, I remember I remember that coming out when I was a kid, and I never watched it because, probably because, you know, I wasn't the target demographic being still a young kid. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but also, I'm not too familiar with it. But does he does he kill vampires or something? Right. Yeah. So he was he guest starred in the Spider-Man animated series. So I knew all about him. But the movie was rated R. So I, I don't think I ever saw it in theaters either. Yeah, and I I just I was never really into vampire and that kind of like dark, um, demonic type stuff very much. Which is also probably why mm-hmm. you know I, I wouldn't have watched Gargoyles if I did come across it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's dark if you're you know a kid today it would seem a little bit campy but you should watch at least like the first five episodes yeah what about aeon flux do you know that uh no i don't know what that is so i I don't know for sure that i'm pronouncing it right because um it's that weird special character where it's like the a and the e combined so it could be like eon flux or aeon flux or something like that 
Um, but I only realized it recently, like maybe in the last uh, five years or so. But I remember I had always had this memory of when I was a kid, I would watch this cartoon. I remember watching this cartoon that was just very disturbing to me because uh, it was basically about this this woman uh, who she was kind of like a superhero, I guess, or something like she was like a uh, some kind of crime fighter type of thing. But she would wear this like purple uh, outfit, purple and black outfit that was a bit kind of strippery in a way. Like it was, you know, very um, scantily clad, especially for, you know, me as a, <clears throat> as a 10, 12 year old or whatever. It was like, you know, she's, she's showing way too much skin. This is not appropriate. Um, and I would watch, I watched this cartoon, you know, and it was a cartoon. So I thought, you know, being a kid, like that's what I did. I would watch cartoons. So, you know, it was a cartoon. Therefore it was something I should watch. Right. Uh, so I was watching it and basically it was very violent um she would i just remember her like storming into a fortress of bad guys i guess and you know she would be murdering them all and shooting them and there'd be blood splattering uh whenever they're getting shot and everything but then in every single episode she ends up getting like captured and 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 killed basically like but she's she always comes back i guess for the next episode but every episode is always like she fails essentially uh, at least this is how I remember it. it was like she you know she runs in she storms the castle she shoots a bunch of people it's all very bloody very violent she usually gets like captured and kind of tortured in a way not 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 really you know for a long extended like torture porn kind of stuff that you would get these days but uh there was definitely an element of you know she's 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 definitely not in a good position right now and you know she's gonna die and then and then she gets like shot in the head or whatever and um as a kid to watch that it was just it was something very disturbing about it not just because i think of the of the violence but the way um they kind of like dressed her and you know she was kind of like sexualized in a way which you know obviously as a kid i didn't really understand that side of it but i think just kind of combining that sexualization of her with the violence but then the overall thing of like she's the good guy right but then she loses and she dies she dies like a horrible death at the end of every episode <laughs> it was just a very um uh, you know, disturbing thing for for a kid, and I just had this memory, very very vague memories of it, and I never knew what it was until um, recently when I uh, finally found out that it was this thing, Aeon Flux, whatever it is. And they made, I think, uh, a movie. They they did make a movie, a remake of it or something, a reboot or whatever it is. I think it's based on a comic or something like that. And they made a movie, and I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure Scarlett Johansson played the character. Oh no way! The main character. I could be wrong about it, but I think she played um, that character. But of course, this movie I think was very different. Like it was a not like the TV show. I think the TV show it was actually on MTV, um, so which explains why it was very um, you know crude and inappropriate and, and violent and all of that. And I didn't know that as a kid. You know, I was just flipping through channels. I probably watched Beavis and Butthead. You know, and so I I just I didn't realize that you know MTV was was bad <laughs> but they had this like little uh cartoon on mtv that i you know caught for whatever reason when i was a kid and it just uh it, it was it was crazy it was out there um today i'm sure if i watched it like i wouldn't even enjoy it because it's you know it's not something that generally i, I like it's very uh you know like i said disturbing for for a kid certainly but i think it would still be disturbing for for most people oh wow but the movie though the movie was not like that at all the movie was more of your straightforward kind of um sci-fi superhero movie so i'm not really sure you know why the big difference oh interesting and i feel like you, you were a little traumatized by the level of, of detail you remember <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, not it's not super great detail. It's all this kind of like vague memories of some specific things here and there, which could also be, you know, I, I'm remembering it wrong as well. So maybe one of these days we should try to find that, watch the old cartoons on MTV and then watch the movie. Oh, yeah. And then we can like talk about that. Uh, but that's, I'm sure they'll be on some streaming service soon. But otherwise, you know, like other other things, maybe like Terminator, um, you know, some violent movies like that, Predator. Mm-hmm. But th- oh, those yeah. aren't really superhero type movies. Right. I think in the 90s, a lot of the superhero stuff was kind of more towards kids. And today, as it's kind of gotten more popular and like the generic types have kind of been saturated, they're trying to come up with new ways to kind of, um, you know, break the cliche and being more adult is one of one of those. Yeah. And I think, you know, DC kind of, um, I think, misses the ball there because they, um, maybe are a little too dark and too adult where it, I can't imagine kids really enjoying it. Maybe now Wonder Woman and Aquaman, probably a little more. Right. But imagine being a kid and thinking like, oh, I love Batman and going and watching Batman versus Superman. Oh, yeah. It's just like, what the heck is this? Uh, this is just, you know, painful. Uh-huh. Not just because, you know, you know, it's a bad movie, but painful in terms of like the tone and everything. It's just, it's always kind of depressing. It's always dark. It's always, there's despair. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's a lot to put on a kid. That's right, yeah. And hopefully they did not go see Joker because they would be traumatized. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joker traumatizes adults. um, Yeah. But it's still a really good movie. So what what do you think uh, overall about, um, I guess, superheroes and for kids anyway? Um, Is it a good message, uh, this idea of like Superman, you know, fighting for justice, all of this? Or does it maybe oversimplify things for kids and make it a little too black and white you know like not every every bad person you're going to meet in the world is going to be as uh crazy and obviously a villain as like uh two-faced or something all right i think i think both i mean i think that it's definitely uh they definitely provide like good role models for kids and aspiring to like a, a higher ideal yeah there's a good aspirational element to it yeah and i, I think that a lot of the stories are more complex and i think that you know especially the the material that's kind of geared towards older kids does have that complexity of not being a generic black and white good good bad you know kind of um, Mm -hmm. mold and and seeing the word the world in in shades of gray other than maybe captain planet you know they're not they're they're rarely fighting against um you know serious systemic issues you don't see batman solving racism (laughs) Or, you know, <laughs> Superman, uh, I think he did try to fix the environment in uh, Quest for Peace or something like That's that. Right. Or, you know, nuclear proliferation, something yeah, like that. Yeah, took all the nukes. So maybe that one sort of did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and certainly with Lex Luthor, I think, you know, there's some decent parallels to, um, you know, unchecked capitalism, industrialist mm-hmm. uh, going about and uh, oh, right. taking over the world and everything. So, so, yeah, I guess there's some of that kind of element to it. But in general, it feels like it's almost... Um, you know, putting putting society's problems on a big bad guy, when in reality, mm-hmm. I think uh, when you're an adult, you start to learn that you know there's no even Jeff Bezos, you know, the richest man in the world, he's not Lex Luthor, he's not he's not an evil psychopath. It's just the way the system's built is that he's naturally going to do things that are not going to help people, and ultimately, you know, his workers are going to suffer, and every and the environment's going to suffer, so that he can make money, and he's not doing it to be evil. Same, same thing with Mark Zuckerberg, you know he's not he's not inventing Facebook to be evil. It's just um, you know the outcome of the system. 
Right, right. But like if it was Batman, he would go and punch Mark Zuckerberg in the face and then that would solve <laughs> solve all of our problems. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think uh, no amount of punching Mark Zuckerberg uh, will fix anything. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that uh, Captain America Civil War is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It's because it has that complexity. Like you don't know, you know, you're either Team Cap or Team Iron Man. And um, you can kind of see both of their both of their perspectives. Yeah. And neither one is like completely right and neither one is completely wrong. One of the reasons why I particularly love that movie is because it does show those complexities and, um, you know, the different way that people see the world and see it, see a particular issue. Yeah, and at what, what age do you can you have that kind of nuance in entertainment for children? I think once you're like middle school, I think it's it's great. Yeah. Like once you're like, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. You know, you're you're like you're hitting puberty, you're starting to actually change physically, I guess, you know, psychologically and all that. So you're sort of mm-hmm. at that stage in your life, you're changing from a child into an adult. Right. And so that's probably a good time for you to start um grappling with some of these issues um maybe not jump into the deep end necessarily but mm-hmm. um a good time to start realizing that there's a uh, complexity in the world that's right yeah and sometimes it's never too early i think that's kind of an important thing to teach young people so in terms of like just uh imparting a good message uh to children is there any particular fran- franchise that you think would be the best one like if you know if your kids could only watch one superhero franchise, mm-hmm. cartoon, movie, whatever it might be. Oh, good question. Which one do you think has the best message for kids? Uh, I would say Spider-Man because uh, that was mine and I turned out okay, hopefully. People think so. Yeah. Um, but with great power comes great responsibility. It's a pretty good message. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's a great line. It's uh, applicable in a lot of uh, situations. Yeah. Although, you know, I guess I'm partial to Superman 4, Quest for Peace. Oh, yes. Because you always got a quest <laughs> for peace. It's a good message. Right. That's true. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I think I think if I had to pick one, I kind of, I don't really remember um, kind of the message to Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Inspector Gadget. Yeah. But I, I always, I something about that show, I always enjoyed that uh, Inspector Gadget himself was kind of a big dummy, ultimately. And I liked the fact that Penny... Um, was really the one that always solved the problem. And I think in particular, what I, looking back on it, what I think strikes me about it um, was that Penny was also a, a little girl. You know, to think of like, you know, superheroes, it's taken so long for us to get to like Captain Marvel and Black Widow finally having her uh, movie. Mm-hmm. And to think that there's this, this this little girl and Inspector Gadget, obviously, you know, Inspector Gadget got all of the credit and he was the superhero. So, you know, there's still <laughs> sexism, I guess, inherent in the system, but it's almost a commentary yeah. on it. And it's just funny to think now that um, way back then there was this, uh, you know, little girl who she was the smart one solving all these crimes. And uh-huh. um in a time where, you know, obviously uh, it would be rare to be able to find uh, a female uh, role model. I think a lot of that uh, has to do with, like, action figure sales or toy sales. Yeah. I don't think anyone had, like, a, a an evil agenda. I think that everyone was kind of driven by toy sales. Yeah, no, it's, it's again, it's like the nuance. The nuance of the system is just that, yeah. um, you know, you're not setting out to say <laughs> women, women can't be superheroes. <laughs> uh-huh. It's just... Hey, these boys are buying a lot of toys. 
let's market them toys and then of course that's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy then because then it's like well you, you know you keep selling boys gi joes and you kept keep selling uh girls barbies so mm-hmm. of course you know when you look at the numbers you're going to see like oh girls sure buy a lot of barbies and they aren't buying many gi joes and boys sure are buying a lot of gi joes and they're not buying many barbies mm-hmm. uh, well you right. know because that's that's how you're marketing it that's right yeah but i think a lot of that has changed in the in the last uh 10 years 20 20 years yeah, and I guess I should ask, um, you know, as a minority too, what about that kind of representation? Because mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, off the top of my head, it would be really hard to name, uh, you know, a non-white superhero. Yeah, that's right. Especially like in the 90s. I don't know. When I was growing up, I I didn't really think about it that much. Um, and I could always relate to, to like Spider-Man. And I think with, you know, with like the Ninja Turtles or Gargoyles, they weren't, you know, they were, yeah, tur- they were, were green human. And, and purple. Yeah. So I think that that's one way to kind of get around it. But I never, I don't know. I never, I never really thought about it when I was young. Yeah. So what, so what were the Ninja Turtles? Were they, were they Italian? <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't really uh, know, huh? They were, they were New Yorkers. So probably Italian. <laughs> um, well, Renaissance painters. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess that explains their names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they did eat a lot of pizza. So were there any good um, like minority superheroes in the 90s? Oh, when, uh, I guess like uh, Blade I, was really it? Well, uh, Aladdin was, was uh, I think, kind of a big deal. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that had... Aladdin would really count as a superhero, though. But That's yeah, right. certainly Aladdin, I think, especially for... Um, I guess he was sort of ambiguous as to to what he was, but certainly some kind of Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm, right. He had a show on uh, Disney Afternoon, so I think that was kind of a big deal in addition to the movie. But yeah, I can't really think of, of, of too many, but I don't remember. It never really like, bothered me or anything. It was just kind of the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, growing up, I'm growing up kind of half. So, you know, obviously as uh, being white and male, uh, no problem. Everything's mm-hmm. everything's white male. Uh, so I didn't have a problem <laughs> finding that side of things. But um, I think, you know, obviously on my mom's side, uh, having a Hispanic background, um, in particular Mexican, mm-hmm. uh, Speedy Gonzalez was always, uh, you know, a special character for, for me. Okay. And, you know, I think, too, there was a lot of... Um, backlash at some point you know later on like in these this kind of era now where um, Mm -hmm. it's more of a cancel culture and um there's certainly probably some you know negative elements of uh speedy gonzalez and the the whole cartoon is the cartoon as a whole um some some bad stereotypes here and there but in general a lot of people a lot of mexican people uh really love speedy gonzalez and he's he's like you know because he's because he's in a way he's like all we have you know like he's he's the only Mm -hmm. And he's, I guess he's he's kind of he is a superhero, I guess, because you know he was ultimately fighting bad guys, and he had a superpower of um, running really fast, which is uh, more than you can say for Hawkeye. <laughs> so I think he Speedy Gonzalez counts as a as a superhero, I'm sure. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, really, probably the only like uh, Hispanic superhero other than Zorro, which I mentioned before as well. So so I don't know, I don't know if that was you know because of my heritage or what, but I, I you know I certainly really enjoyed Zorro uh, as a kid and growing up and uh, that could have been part of it too was just that uh, you know even though they were probably mostly played by white guys uh, you know non-Hispanic white people uh, in the show uh, I mean, hopefully they probably had one or two uh, actual Hispanic people but um, uh, just just knowing you know the histories of the 50s uh, it's probably unlikely mm-hmm. um, 
but still just uh, that might have been a draw to it even like subconsciously just just thinking like hey this is this is something that's a little more familiar um that's uh you know something i don't see as often in in all the rest of the media i think like more more recently like with the success of black panther and captain marvel Mm -hmm. both of those being just like breakout huge huge successes um i think that you're going to see a lot of like more diversity in in like the mcu just look at the slate you have um uh, shang chi coming up the eternals has a very diverse cast um so there's a lot that's coming down the, the pipeline that's kind of more representative of of america yeah it's 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 good it's um you know good to have more diversity and uh better representation across the board mm-hmm. um but i do kind of feel for um kids today who i guess are probably going to get a little more sanitized version of a lot of superheroes and uh cartoons oh, yeah. just in general than what yeah, we had like true. like you were saying with the censorship of the weapons and things like that like I, yeah. even though like it would have been great if we had more representation i think in our era because that's just something that's needed um but on the other hand like the censorship and all of that is is probably not all that helpful um mm-hmm. ultimately and i and i like that we kind of grew up in a kind of a dirtier uh, world where you know we we were exposed to these things like weapons the fact the fact that a ninja turtle <laughs> might pick up a sword uh and you know we weren't traumatized by it um and these kids today you know they're a little more sanitized i guess with their the media that they're consuming and uh, i don't think it's really a representation issue it's a more of a censorship issue which i think um right. is probably not helping them too much and then also just oversaturation oversaturation you know with um so many movies and stuff like it's you know when i was a kid I'd go watch Batman Forever, and that was just the greatest thing for you know five years of my life. <laughs> that was you know, my <laughs> life was about Batman Forever, and then the previous five years, you know, my life was about Ninja Turtles. And uh-huh. now it's just like every year there's a new big blockbuster. You know, it goes from like oh, yeah. you know Frozen to the live action Aladdin to you know Marvel movies and then DC movies, mm-hmm. and, right. and it's just like there's so much going on that I can't imagine what it would be like to you know how do you just sit down and decide you know I want to I want to buy some Ninja Turtle action figures and just be a Ninja Turtle for a while. <laughs> that's true. There's just no time to be a Ninja Turtle. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's one of the reasons that you and I appreciate this stuff so much is because when we were kids, we didn't have, you know, that many superhero movies. So now when we get it, it's still, this is awesome. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe we're getting this. <laughs> yeah. Even though, mm-hmm. even though it's like happening every week, <laughs> there's been months where we go back to back to watch, uh, the latest superhero uh-huh. releases and it's like wait we didn't we just weren't we just in the yeah. movies uh you know last week watching a superhero movie oh right um but yeah we, we we're we're uh we're definitely lucky and we appreciate it more i think we didn't really talk about i guess so much how the um how like our childhood i guess affected what we're watching now sort of like um like would you care as much about marvel uh the mcu if you weren't uh, so connected to spider-man oh yeah probably not yeah i think like uh like that 94 animated series really like the the, the amount of, of uh, fruit that came out of that one seed is just insane because after that show i got into the comics and then i got into like superheroes in general i branched out into batman and x-men and superman and then i started buying comics and reading up like on the entire history of the Marvel universe. And then I got to see all that on the big screen. And I think that like, that was really the, um, like the, the seed that yeah. really exploded. So if you hadn't watched um, Spider-Man as a kid and liked it as much as you did, you may not be the MCU fan that you are. That's today. right. 
Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, and if if not for me watching um, Zorro, then uh, I don't know. I guess they still need to make a Zorro mm-hmm. movie. And I think we haven't had one since the Antonio Banderas. <laughs> That's one. right. And I think that it works from the other perspective too, because when CD execs are are looking at what to what what kind of stuff to make, um, they're very risk adverse. They want mm-hmm. they would pick a property with a built-in fan base over one that's completely new any day of the week and nostalgia sells. Um, and, you know, if something was a property and it was big in the nineties and it's got people like you and me who are excited about it and want to see it yeah. um, reimagined or updated uh, or just on the big screen, we're going to go see it. And they know that there's a, a built-in audience that's going to go purchase tickets to something so they're going to be more excited to make it. Yeah, and I guess it's you know a double-edged sword because it's it's fun to see these things that you enjoyed as a kid reimagined and on the big screen again. Uh, but also, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes they don't do a good job with them. Um, I'm sure you probably felt that with some of the Spider-Man uh, movies that had come out, and <laughs> oh, so yeah. it can probably be kind of a, a you know a gut, a gut punch whenever uh, they take something that you love so much and literally destroy it oh for sure we, we can do a whole episode <laughs> about how uh how sony has uh, ruined my childhood <laughs> well i don't know because the like the first two movies are gold and yeah oh i was talking more about the amazing spider-man oh yes of course you don't even remember those those were <laughs> so traumatizing that you just blocked them, them out. out yes yeah <laughs> But so it's responsible for the good and the bad. So, you know, it's hard to. You know, yeah. And I guess, you know, that's the that's the nuance of um, being an adult when you're a kid. You know, it's black and white, good, good or bad. And now as an adult, mm-hmm. you, you, you know that there's kind of shades of gray. Some movies are going to be good. Some movies are going to be disappointing. But at the end of the day, you know, right. it's, it's probably just good to have this stuff. Uh, go enjoy, enjoy it for what it is and mm-hmm. get to discuss it with friends. Um and I guess if you you know if you don't like the movie, you can tweet about it enough that it uh, eventually gets its own Snyder cut. I guess, uh, like we talked about last week, for sure. Yeah, if you haven't listened, check out that episode. Yeah, definitely. Well, look at that! You made it to the end of this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or whatever you listen to podcasts on. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at WUTR Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, check out our Patreon at patreon.com WUTR. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for more superhero stuff.